Today on This Week Health. We do an SMS outreach and ask them to join our health loop. And for 30 days, they have the ability to be nudged um, to ask how, by automation, how they're doing and how they're feeling. And we're starting to see some really great results of that. We recently had an 80 year old retired nurse that didn't want to leave after 30 days. <laughs> she was like, I want to keep talking to you. Welcome to This Week Health Community. This is Town Hall, a show hosted by leaders on the front lines with interviews of people making things happen in healthcare with technology. My name is Bill Russell, the creator of This Week Health, a set of channels designed to amplify great thinking to propel healthcare forward. We want to thank our show sponsors, Olive, Rubric, Trellix, Medigate, and F5 in partnership with Sirius Healthcare for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. Now, on to our show. All right, here we are from the desert again, and I am here with Jen Junis, who is with OSF Health, and you're working on all things virtual for OSF. Tell us a little bit about what you're working on. Yeah, so I am charged with really standing up our digital health entity within our Catholic healthcare system. So really looking at waking up every single day of how we are providing digital care across our health system and beyond. So why did you break that out out of curiosity? Yeah, so our chief strategy officer, Michelle Conger, had the vision of really care where I am and took that to our board of sisters to say, unless we put structure and rigor around this, it'll continue to incrementally evolve across our system in project format as someone's other duties as assigned. Right. My background is as a chief nursing exec, a hospital president. so coming in and really treating digital as its own entity across our system, building the structure, vice presidents in charge of each division, a chief medical officer, chief nursing officer, building the quality, the finance, the business development was really yeah. in that vision. It's interesting you brought up business development. It's one of those things when we start something internally and we say, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna reach out to employers, we're gonna do those kinds of things. We're not wired for that. It's not like Correct. what we normally do. And so standing this up as its own entity gives you uh, potentially, I mean, obviously you have the culture of the sisters and those kind of mm -hmm. things, but potentially a different type of culture to innovate on. Yeah, that's really why we branded it OSF On Call. We were pretty adamant about that consumer facing brand and then also that that could be a brand direct to providers, health systems, payers and insurers and employers. So really thinking about not only building it for our own patients that we serve, but how do we help others that haven't built the infrastructure that we've built? So when people hear this, they're going to hear digital health, they're going to hear virtual, they're going to think immediately telehealth, yes. but, but it's but it's more than telehealth. Yeah, really, telehealth is really a small piece is what I would say. I would say a lot of asynchronous, a lot of remote patient monitoring, even our acute hospital at home, taking care of acutely ill patients in their home direct from the emergency room. All of those things fall under the umbrella of digital care. Wow, we talked we talk to uh, John Halapka up at Mayo about mm -hmm. their care at home and, and higher acuity care at home. Mm -hmm. That's tricky because not all homes are set up for it, not all environments. How did you get past that, that challenge? Yeah, so we really, COVID accelerated that. We had capacity challenges in our acute care facilities. So we started our program by bringing patients out Necessity of the hospital. Is the of That's invention. right. And we brought, we brought patients out so we could get more 
in. And we learned a lot through that, and then we took a step back when the CMS waiver came out and said, we're actually going to pay you to do this. And we really redesigned it, acute care focus, to really admit those patients directly from the emergency department. And so that's really a core list of DRGs, their core conditions, social screening, uh, home screening, to get the right patients. What kind of, just out of curiosity, what kind of technology are you putting into the home? Yeah, it's a great question. So we work with a, a partner in this space, and I think the key piece of it is the redundancy in the home. So there is certainly ability, iPad type um, device that is able to connect back. There's peripherals, so think a, a scale and, and pulse oximetry, blood pressure cuffs, um, those types of equipment as well as I think a key piece is just that central monitoring of in the command center that we've been able to build in our on-call digital health. That, so that command center becomes central for a lot of these pieces, I would assume? Yeah, so the command center really is the 24-7 monitoring that occurs. And then you have to provide that in-home service as well. So we have our providers going into the home, our nurses going into the home, other modalities going into the home, but I, the core um, really is around that command center. So the, just so if people aren't familiar with OSF, you're upper Midwest, so g give us your geography. Yep, so we are Peoria, Illinois based, is where our ministry headquarters is. We're 15 hospital system across Illinois and upper peninsula of Michigan. So in Illinois, we range from, we have a hospital in Chicago all the way down to Alton at the St. Louis border. So, I mean, I've driven that a fair number of times. I used to live in St. Louis, went to Chicago for a lot of business. There's a lot of rural in between there. There's a Obviously, lot of St. Louis is a city even East St. Louis City, all the way up to Chicago being a city. But you do have a lot of geography in there. Are these services uh, addressing that uh, outreach to those communities? Yeah, so we've really been fortunate during the pandemic to learn a lot about our rural communities and how they would interact with us digitally. So we use a hub and spoke type model. We created community health workers that are digitally enabled in local communities, neighborhoods, our rural geography. And then we've built that clinical expertise in the command center that supports that. So we just partnered with the state of Illinois for Medicaid transformation. We were awarded $64 million over the next five years to transform Medicaid to really look at how we digitally can care for our Medicaid population and doing that in our rural. In our rural geography, we're going to learn a lot. So we're just getting started with that. It's interesting. Uh, we heard uh, from one of the panels, we just heard a lot about asynchronous, mm -hmm. and a lot of times it's overlooked. When we talk, it's so funny, when we talk about telehealth, still the number one modality for telehealth is this phone. Yes. And asynchronous has a lot of potential that sometimes gets overlooked as we try to go to the Jetsons. Mm -hmm. But in reality, a lot of people still text, a lot of people still email and, and those kind of things. So those asynchronous, talk about a little bit of what you're doing asynchronous. Yeah, I'll give you an example. So we know that hospital readmissions is a big focus for a lot of health systems. So we deployed to all of our high risk, medium high risk, medium risk patients that get discharged out of any of our 15 hospitals. We do an SMS outreach 
and ask them to join our health loop. And for 30 days, they have the ability to be nudged um, to ask how, by automation, how they're doing and how they're feeling. But then also the secret sauce is really that centralized clinical team that can then personally outreach as well if they want to text back and forth, so two-way chat. So, and we're starting to see some really great results of that. We recently had an 80-year-old retired nurse that didn't want to leave after 30 days. Um, she was like, I want to keep talking to you. Well, and you, you can do that with those things like Health Loop. And, I mean, the technology helps you to continue that outreach. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. I, I used to, when I first came into healthcare, I'm like, you know, it's great that we're making all this healthcare within the buildings really nice, but somebody's got to stop me from eating McDonald's. Mm -hmm. No offense yep. to the you know, McDonald's shareholders mm -hmm. and whatnot, but eating McDonald's is not mm -hmm. good for you long-term. And it's that reminder, it's that, hey, how you doing? And mm -hmm. those kind of things, it's, it's getting more involved. And so I've talked to a lot of people about how do we increase the number of touch points? And this virtual model gives us the opportunity to increase those touch points, not only to extend care, but to impact health, I guess. Are you guys looking at that, how we impact the health of the communities? Yeah, so we really think about remote patient monitoring on a continuum. And when I think about the lowest touch of remote patient monitoring, it's the work that our community health workers are doing that are screening for social determinants of health. They're doing that digitally out in the communities that we serve and able to connect then those patients to community-based resources. We may not be able as a healthcare system to provide all of those things, but we certainly can build the network and the connection and the trust um, with those patients so that they do have um, that connection. So how, so those partnerships, does that fall under your your part of the organization? It, it does. It's kind of naturally gravitated towards that from the standpoint of with the pandemic, really working with the state of Illinois on how we digitally can enable community health workers locally to get patients to the right resources, whether at the, in the beginning, that was really just the worried well and digitally texting with them and, and asynchronous visiting with them to, to calm their fears so that they didn't present to some of our locations when they, they didn't have a need to. And then really monitoring once disease was more prevalent in our communities with COVID, monitoring through pulse oximetry so they could stay in their homes and, and not have to be in a facility. And then what I would say then just learning all of the social determinants of health, because with all of those, we embedded that screening. So then that forced us to really make those partnerships in the community to say, we've got to do something with this information. We can't just know that you have food insecurities. We have to figure out where the food pantries are, where what churches are open on Saturday to get a family that really needs food this weekend when the food pantry's not open. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, Jen, I want to thank you for taking the time to share with me. Great work. I really thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Thanks. I love this show. I love hearing from people on the front lines. I love hearing from these leaders. And we want to thank our hosts who continue to support the community by developing this great content. We also want to thank our show sponsors, Olive, Rubric, Trellix, Medigate, and F5 in partnership with Sirius Healthcare for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. If you want to support the show, let someone know about our shows. They all start with This Week Health, and you can find them wherever you listen to podcasts. Keynote, Town Hall, Newsroom, and Academy. Check them out today, and thanks for listening. That's all for now.